really have not really been taught it the way they should. Amen. Yet, the, yet God tells us and told us at our New Year's Eve service tonight, uh, praise God, the start of the year, he told us that this is a breakout year. Amen. And that it is a great year. And the great year part goes according to your faith. Amen. Uh, amen. So that means then your faith better be working. You better, you better be knowing what you're doing. Amen. Amen. And so we, we looked at a number of things last night. I'm not going to try and rehash what we did last night. I, I want to encourage you, however, to get the tape because we did look at the famous iconic scriptures in Mark 11. Praise the Lord. Verses 23 and 24 to some extent. We found out once again that man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word of God. If, if you're talking about the subject of faith and you're talking about the word and you're talking about the word, you're talking about faith. Because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the spoken word of God. And we talked about, praise God, that there are five sources at least in which faith comes. Faith comes by preaching and teaching. We know that faith comes from reading the word aloud meditating the word aloud, praise God, praying the word, faith comes, singing the word. Amen. Then uh, let's turn to Hebrews chapter 10, praise God, and let's, uh, let us continue with where we left off. In fact, you know, I'm going to go to Timothy and then, then I'll come over there. Turn over there to 1 Timothy chapter 6. And I'll start there, praise God. Can I get three hallelujahs? Hallelujah! 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 Praise God. First Timothy chapter 6. Let's read verse 12. It reads, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession, before many witnesses. Well, now, of course, we look at that good fight of faith. You know, the New Testament is translated from the Greek, and the Greek word good is kalos. Kalos means that it is a beautiful and it is a valuable fight of pistis. It's the name of our Bible school. Praise God. Pistis means faith. Faith means persuasion. Confidence, trust, reliance, assurance, praise God, belief, all those things are the word pistis. So he said fight the beautiful fight or the valuable fight of being persuaded and trusting and, and praise God, counting on God. And then he begins to lay out for you about that good fight of faith, laying hold on eternal life. Now, the Greek word for life is zoe, Z-O-E in the Greek. And zoe, life, is life as God has it. So you've got to ask the question, then, what kind of life does God have? Is God sick? No. Is God depressed? No. Is God broke? No. Praise God. Now, he said to lay hold, and when you lay hold on something, it means you grab something. I'm going to grab your pastor right now. So I have laid hold on him. Okay, amen. See, it's talking about you actively doing something. 
and said, lay hold on life as God has it. So what's he telling you? Put spiritual things first. Fighting the good fight of faith, praise the Lord, means first of all, find out what God's word has to say, God's method of doing whatever it is or area you're dealing with, lay hold on that life. And then know what he says about that. You are called to do this. Some people waiting for being an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, waiting for the call. You are called to fight this good fight of faith. And, his, and note what he says to them. He says, and you have professed a good profession before many witnesses. That word profession is the one we looked at last night. Homologia, praise God. In other words, he said, you have professed a good acknowledgement, a good, praise God, profession, confession, acknowledgement, agreement before many witnesses. Many witnesses. This is a problem now because there's a lot of persecution going on around the world to Christians. It's happening on the mainland. I don't know about here. But on the mainland, you're seeing it now in the education sector. If you're in higher education, it's in the employment sector. If you work for jobs, work in jobs. If you're in government, if you're, uh, we're being attacked from the media. All kinds of places, a lot of persecution of churches and what and Christians. And what the enemy is trying to do, he is trying to stop our profession. He's trying to stop our confession of faith. Because people only find their way to Jesus only when we tell them about him. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. And he, he said about them, you have professed a good profession before many witnesses. Meaning what? You were not ashamed. You refused to back up. You would not keep your mouth shut. And he, then he uses Jesus in the very next verse as the example of doing just that in difficult situations. The very next verse says, I give thee charge in the sight of God who makes alive all things and Christ Jesus who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession or good profession or good acknowledgement, praise the Lord. Use Jesus as an example of the verse before. Well, remember Pontius Pilate? You read about him. Jesus has been brought down. The Jews want Jesus dead. Jesus winds up in front of Pontius Pilate. And Pontius Pilate has the authority to put people to death. So Jesus is standing before the government. He's standing before the man who could be his executioner. And in fact, this man is going to do that very thing. He's going to release a murderer. He's going to release a man. And he's going to let the man go, even though the scripture acknowledges and everyone acknowledges that the man is a murderer. But Pontius Pilate has the power to say, you can go free. Or he has the power to say, I can take your life right now. And so Jesus is standing, and you'll find this in Matthew 27. Jesus is standing there before Pontius Pilate, and he is going to make a good profession at that point. And what did Jesus say? Pontius Pilate said, well, are you the son of God? He said, you said it. That's what Jesus said. Yeah, I'm he. That's right. In other words, I'm not ashamed of who I am. 
I'm not ashamed to stand with who I'm standing with. And I know, praise God, I'm on the right side. That's a good profession. If you're going to walk in faith, there's no way you can back up. I'm reminded, of course, there's all in, in my ministry in the Middle East as well as, you know, Europe and what's going on in the Middle East right now in places like Mosul and Raqqa and other places in the Middle East is that Christians are being executed. And their heads are being taken. They're being, some places, crucified. Really. These barbaric things are happening at the hands of Islam. Well, I'm, I'm reminded of a story I heard about last year there in the Middle East, in Raqqa, I believe it was, the uh, capital of the so-called ISIS Caliphate. They had a 10-year-old boy there who was a Christian. And they said to this 10-year-old boy, look, boy, if you give up this Jesus stuff and convert to Islam, then we will let you live. You can grow up and become a great ISIS fighter. He said, but if you don't, talk to a 10-year-old, if you don't renounce this Jesus, then we are going to separate your head from your body. 10-year-old boy. Now, if this is you, and they put you in this situation, and they give you this choice, will you make the good confession or not? Ten years old. What the boy do? He told him, I'm not renouncing Jesus. And they decapitated that boy's head. If a 10-year-old boy is willing to stand to Jesus, fight the good fight of faith before many witnesses, praise God. What do you think God expects out of us right now? Hallelujah. Faith is not about getting rich. It's not about God being a Santa Claus or whatever, being a parachute to bail you out when you get in trouble. It's a lifestyle before God Almighty. This is your audition, folk, for eternity. Amen. Now turn to Hebrews chapter 10. Can I get three hallelujahs, please? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm hearing it good from the east and the west side today. <laughs> Hallelujah. Even the birds getting in on it. Glory to God. You weren't here last night. You, you don't know what I'm talking about. Now, Hebrews chapter 10, notice verse 23. He said here, let us hold fast, here's that holding again, the profession or the confession, the acknowledgement of faith. That word our, I drew a line through it because it's, it's italicized in a lot of these computer programs. They don't, they don't have it like this one doesn't have it, I don't think. Praise God. It just says our. Our is actually not in the text. It was added by the translators. They intended to render clarity to the verse, and sometimes clarity is what was rendered, and sometimes it wasn't. That word here, ours, not in the text, actually what it says. Praise God. Let us hold fast the profession of pistis, persuasion, confidence, trust, belief, without wavering, for he is faithful that promised now, the word wavering means to wobble. 
you know, oh, side to side. In other words, it's not stable. Now, how do we wind up as a Christian being an individual who wobbles or wavers in some situation like this? Well, you're in Hebrews. Turn to chapter 2. Praise the Lord. And let's read Paul's, Paul's epistle to, to the Hebrews there. He says, therefore, in verse 1, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let slip. Now, this word here, slip, paroecho, it means to let something pass carelessly. In other words, you know, you, you had it, and even though it was extremely valuable, you just became complacent about it. And this is why I believe the Lord's starting to have this message be brought up again, because there are people, many, who have been taught the word, and they've had it for a while, and they've carelessly let it get past them. And a lot of times they think they're all right, but they're not. They think they're in faith, but they're not. And what they have is they now have a head knowledge of it, a mental understanding of it, but it's no longer a force of the heart. See, we talked about the heart last night. Amen. See, heart faith becomes a force. It becomes the force of faith. It becomes such a force that it'll move everything around you away and bring to you all the things that you need. It becomes such, such a force that it will determine everything you say, everything you teach, where you going, why you going, what you doing, why you do it. Praise God. It affects everybody in your family and around you. Thank God for the force of faith. But what can happen is it can leak out. It can slip. It can carelessly pass. So how do we make sure that doesn't happen to us? Well, turn to Proverbs chapter 4. Praise God. After doing all that last night, teach, teaching about what true faith is, I got to make sure that you keep it after I leave. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. Proverbs chapter 4. Notice here what he says in verse 20. My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. In other words, keep it in front of you all the time. We talked about how to do that last night. Praise God. Making sure you hear the word preached all the time. Make sure you sing the word to yourself. Make sure, praise God, you read the word aloud to yourself. Make sure that you meditate the word to yourself. Glory to God. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's keeping it in front of you. And this is something you must do day and night. You can lose what you have. With what we're talking about in spiritual things, you either use it or lose it. Seriously. It doesn't matter, you know, 20 years ago. I mean, 20 years ago, man, praise God. You're talking about your testimony 20 years ago. You, that, that was good then, and you may not have it now. Are you listening to me? Praise God. This is a right now deal. So he said, let it not depart from the eyes. Cape it in the middle of your heart. 
Well, we now know from last night again that the heart is not that blood pump inside you're going boop, 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 boop. The heart, he's talking about the very core. When you talk about the heart of a tree, you're talking about the very middle of that thing. Praise God. The very core of it. He said, make sure you keep my sayings in the very middle of you, the very core of you. Well, once again, how do we do that? Tell me again how we do that. Meditate the word. Tell me again. Pray. Uh-huh. Sing, I heard. Make sure you get preaching and teaching of it, right? Read the word aloud. Amen. Well, he said, praise the Lord. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Why? For they are life unto those that find them. They are life, life, and health to all their flesh. It just said that the word of God goes beyond the spirit realm and gets all the way to your physical body. That word there, life to all your flesh, is the word medicine. It's medicine to your body, he just said. He just said, you can get the word so strongly in you that the word comes up in you and splashes on the outside of you. Now, a lot of times people are looking for healing from the outside to your body. But you can get healing from the inside out on your body. That is one method, method of healing. You can become so strong in faith that your body has to agree. <laughs> Amen. And whatever's wrong with it has to line up. He said it is health. It is medicine to your flesh. Praise the Lord. A lot of times people are waiting for super spirit, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher to come to town and lay hands on them. Well, praise the Lord. You don't have to wait on them. Amen. You can get it done yourself. And indeed, this is how you get to something better than healing. We say, well, what's better than healing? Praise God, divine health. You can get to divine health where you never need healing. Your age has got nothing to do with it. Amen. Ah, well, praise God. Your heart condition will determine how much of that you walk in. Amen. I know once I started getting the word of God like this 40 years ago, when I started getting the word, word of God like this, see, I, was, I, was, uh, I had a lot of physical problems, issues, and growing up and all that, and then once I got the word of God like that, amen, all that stuff just went away. Praise right. 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 God. Praise God. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Amen. Say so you can be your own doctor to your body. Now notice what else he said here in Proverbs. Praise God. He said, keep thy heart with all diligence. That word there, praise God, diligence means to guard it. Why? For out of it that is your heart are the issues of life. That, that Hebrew word issues means its boundaries, its source, and its deliverance. A boundary, then, is where you put your fence, right? You can have a fence around that, that a property, and that fence can cover an acre, 
He can cover 10 acres, 20 acres, 100 acres, praise God. Well, that depends on where you put it. What he said here, the force of faith that came from the word of God on the inside of you draws the boundary of where Satan cannot go. Glory to God. Out of it is the boundary. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. So that's where, now again, people are, are they want to bind the devil and cast him out and all that sort of stuff, but so you can keep him out of there in the first place. Okay. Amen. You can keep him out in the first place if your heart's that strong. We're talking about faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. My spiritual father, Kenneth E. Hagin, my spiritual father was a man that, that, you know, just the boundaries of his life were so, the enemy just didn't have a chance. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, praise the Lord. Go back to Hebrews chapter 10. So if you do these things, then it won't slip. It won't leak out from you. If it don't leak out from you, praise God, it's a working. I said it's a working. Praise God. Amen. Now let's read this again. Verse 23. Let us hold fast the profession or the acknowledgement of faith without wavering. Amen. We're not going to wobble. We're not going to lean. In one translation, I was looking at that, and the Greek says, says we won't be leaning the one side or the other. Praise the Lord. Why? He is trustworthy of that promise. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and the good works. Well, to, pro to provoke one another means, let's see, let's see if we can outdo each other doing something good for God. <laughs> Glory to God. Not forsaking the assemblings of ourselves together like some is, but exhorting. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. What day that's approaching? The rapture of the church. He said the closer we get to the rapture and the taking, the rapture of the church, the more we ought to go to church. Now what's happening here is that people are going less to church the closer we get. And he's saying, telling you, you need to go more because when you get toward the end, the enemy knows that the time is short. The attacks and the craziness gets more pronounced. You need more faith force. You need more to walk in the ability of the Holy Ghost. And that means your faith needs to be stronger. Well, one clear way he's just telling you, make sure you get yourself to church every time the door opens. The closer we get to the things of God, and I'm telling you, things are going to get worse and worse and worse for the world. But for those of us who are strong in faith, it'll get better and better and better and better. Hallelujah. Praise God. But we got to gather. We've got to gather. Now, notice in verse 35, he said, cast not away your confidence. Don't throw it away. That word confidence means your boldness of speech. 
means your bluntness of speak, your frankness of speech. Jesus talked to that tree in front of the disciples and said, no man eat fruit of you hereafter forever. Period. His disciples heard him, he said. Amen. He wasn't ashamed to speak what the Father told him. He had complete confidence in the word. He said, don't cast away your confidence. Why? It has great recompense or reward. Anybody remember last night when I told you that? That word recompense means. Praise God. Recompense means being compensated for service or loss or injury. It means to make amends for to pay you, praise the Lord. What he said was that if you don't throw away your confidence, it has mega, huge, praise God, great ability to restore that which you have been lost or hurt with or injured or taken from you, restore it back to you and then do it far greater than you ever had it. It's great recompense or reward. It is, it's, not, it's not just recompense. It's great recompense. In other words, you won't get a little bit of restoration. You'll get a whole lot of restoration, a whole lot of health, a whole lot of wealth, a whole lot of victory. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. If you don't throw away your confidence, praise God. That word reward also means the same thing virtually as recompense does. Praise the Lord. That Greek word there means also deliverance. It has great recompense of deliverance for you. Praise God. And performance. Then he goes on to say, but you have need of patience. Oh, that is a dirty cuss word to Christians. Ain't want nothing about no patience. <laughs> Glory to God. And you got to remember this. God don't operate by your calendar or your clock. He don't operate by your watch. He don't operate by your age. He didn't even call Moses till he was almost 80. Think about that. Think about that. I was preaching and I was preaching for Oral Roberts at Oral Roberts Conference one year. And they had a uh, woman speaker. She was before me. And she was at the time 72 years old. No, let me back it up. No, she was 77 years old. 77 or 78. When she was 72 years old, she accepted the call to the ministry. Went to Bible school, graduated, and was out on the Michigan field. And in her meetings, she was having thousands of people come to her meetings. She didn't even start till she was 72. Oh, that's some blessing for somebody in here. Well, why not? Your grandkids, your grandkids are all big and grown. Everybody's all big and grown, praise God. You might as well go on in there and do something for God. You're not through just because you got a gray head. In fact, you're smarter than everybody else, unless you should be. You should be an individual ready to really know how to follow God. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Amen. See, God's not moved by your clock. 
So never put God on the counter and never put faith on the counter. Lord, it's got to happen by December 25th. Or, I mean, God ain't not moved by your calendar. Lord, I've been standing on it. I told you last night, I think I told you last night, about the Lord Jesus. Maybe I didn't. You know, Jesus stood, stood over Jerusalem, and he prophesied about his destruction being over by armies. It was 37 years before it came to pass. 37 years. That was Jesus. See, so God is, God is not tied to your clock. And people, what happens when you put a time clock or a date on something that's supposed to be a faith matter, that is the day when you begin to lose your confidence. I'm preaching better than I'm getting the amen. But once that December 26 rolls by, oh, see, and see, we, we like to set goals. I got to be married by the time I'm 40. Said who? <laughs> Y'all laughing, huh? I'm sorry. Well, there are a lot of people got married before they were 40 and boy, they wish they had. Maybe I get an amen on the east side. <laughs> boy, they wish they, wish they had passed that by. I mean, bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. But they set goals. They set markers. Amen. And they give up once they get past the markers. But I don't know how many couples out there that have uh, uh, matched in holy matrimony, no, praise God, who got married later. And they got the right one the first time. Hallelujah. And oh, what a blessed life they had. Amen. Oh, what a blessed life you had. I mean, I'm 60 years old. I'm not old. That's middle age. It is. 60 is the middle of a halfway point of 120. I just, I just started middle age. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. And I'm strong and I'm vibrant. Praise God. Amen. Be a faith man, a faith woman. Numbers don't mean nothing. Praise God. It's better to be married 40 years and have bliss than to be married 80 years and have hell. Trust me, boy, I know lots of people would tell you, listen to the bishop, listen. <laughs> listen, listen, listen to the bishop. <laughs> but see, then folks give up on their faith. Because uh, I had to be by 40, I'm 41. God, what's the matter? You know you ain't in faith no more. And then you got to try and do, that's when people get desperate and do dumb stuff. Mess up their life. Didn't marry first time somebody say I love you. And next thing you know, you know, you know the dude is crazy. You know the boy is crazy. You know the boy. You but you so desperate now that you just gonna jump on in and they ain't finished beating you, taking all your money. Come on, abusing you. Come on. Then you be in the pastor's office. Where you from? 
What should I do? You should have listened to the bishop. Amen, somebody. Why did I get on that? That was not part of the message. That's free for somebody. I was talking, I'm supposed to be talking about patience here. <laughs> you have need of patience. No, when you need it, after you have done the will of God. The word there wills, the word choice, after you've done what was God's choice instead of yours. After you've done the choice of God, praise God, you made the decision in faith to do it God's way, that you might receive the promise. You put yourself in position to receive. Amen. Now, the word patience there means cheerful endurance. So when you talk about patience, you're not just talking about waiting. Turn to Philippians chapter 4. Praise God. Hallelujah. hallelujah. I said hallelujah. hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Patience is not just waiting. In fact, if you're just waiting, you're probably not operating in patience. You're probably operating in doubt. You've already started to differ in your heart. Here, he said in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Am, am I at a word of faith church? I always taught my folks that we act on whatever we read. So I'm going to read it again. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be all men. In other words, let all men know you are in control and not your body and not your circumstances. The Lord's at hand. Praise God. Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for no thing. Medice in the Greek, not even one. Be anxious for not even one, but in everything. By prayer. Now, we talked about prayer last night. So now we remember we know prayer is not describing the situation to God. Amen. Now we know prayer is we have gone to the scripture, found the remedy, and that's what we're saying back to God. And everything by prayer and supplication. Now you can make a request with the next two words, thanksgiving. There ain't no thanksgiving when you're describing a problem. You don't feel like giving thanks when you're describing a problem. Lord. They're talking about garnishing my check. This ain't right, Lord. They treat me bad at work, Lord. That don't make you do thanks. They're talking about me, Lord. No. See, when you pray the word, you found the answer in the word, you start praying that. Now, the word is the only thing I know that's got good news all the time. Yeah. You watch the news media, man, it's, yeah. 
<laughs> but the word got good news all the time. Praise God. Before, before you know it, you, you're saying out loud, this is prayer. My God supplies all my needs. Thank you. Praise God. And it'll do something, first of all, where your spirit man is concerned, but it'll do something about your mental make, makeup. Praise God. Verse 7 says, the peace of God. Peace of God. One translation says, was passive all human comprehension shall guard your heart. Weren't we back there in Proverbs chapter 4 about guarding your heart? Well, he just told you one way to do that. Thanksgiving and praise guards your heart. Amen. That's why you shouldn't be coming in late to worship and praise service. Amen. You ought to be here before the praise service starts because what you are doing is putting something in your heart to keep it strong. That's why we start services with worship and praise. Are you listening to me? Praise God. That's the vitamin shot that you need. You come in in the middle of the service and most of you come in at the offering time. Now they always want some money. Oh, your attitude's already stinking. Come on. Amen. Praise God. Now you're not going to get nothing from the message because your attitude's bad. I don't know if I'm coming back next week. See what I'm saying? But see, when you're at worship and praise service, glory to God. And you're praising God. Your hand thanksgiving, hallelujah, comes out your mouth. It changes your whole mental makeup. It guards your heart and didn't know what it says, and your mind in Christ Jesus. It changes how you see everything. Gets you back in faith. You need worship. You need praise. Glory to God. It's very important. Don't miss it. Get here on time. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I mean, you go to work on time. I hope. Of course, if you don't, you may not have a job for very long. Don't shut me down. preaching good. Amen. So he said to do these things. So when you're talking about patience, patience is a cheerful endurance. It's a praise endurance in the middle of your issue and situation. Praise God. Amen. Now, We just had an event happen to us at the headquarters church last year. I don't know if I told about this. Did I tell about this last night? 20 years ago, we, we bought that property that you saw, 21 years ago, that property that you saw on the screen there in Southfield, you know, the 110-acre site, 5,000-seat auditorium. Well, what happened with that was that we had bought a building before that in another place. And we were sharing that building with a Baptist church. Okay, while they built the new building. And then we were going to have full possession of it. So just about time, they're getting out. And we're about to take full possession of it. Then the Lord said to me, I want you to go down to this site. Go down there, and that's what I want you to buy. But we just spent all our money buying this one. We got no money to buy another one. But we had what? A word from the Lord. Amen. Faith comes by what? Amen. Hearing by the word of God. I got a word from God about it. So I went down, I went down there to the see these folk. 
I went into the room where the, where the head fryer was. And when I walked in, he said, you're Keith Butler. I said, yes, sir. He said, you're the man I'm supposed to sell this to. I said, I'm the man. Now I'm the man with no money, but I said, I'm the man. In other words, see, I had a word from God, and that came out my mouth, and I'm not saying nothing other than that. Praise God. Well, to make a long story short, he did, we did, and he did, and it did, and praise God, we've been there for that time. So obedience to the word brought about the result, but this is what I'm going to tell you about that. So we've been on that site now for 21 years. Now, just before our June convention, and I hope you come to it this year if you can, but just before our June international convention, there was a, there was a man who, who asked to come see me. Now, I knew this man nine years before. Uh, and he had done something for me when I was running for public, a particular public office. And uh, so I knew who he was. So I said, yeah, I'll, I'll see you. But I hadn't seen him for nine years. And so he sits down across from my desk in my office, he and a partner of his, and he says, you know, we've been surveying your land. Now, I remember that this guy owned an oil and, oil and gas company. And he said, we've been surveying your land without your knowledge. I said, oh. He said, and we believe there is oil and natural gas in your land. I said, is that right? <laughs> yeah. And so to make a long story short, I said, well, amen, this oil on this land, mean, you're going to have to make a deal. So we made a nice deal. <laughs> we made a nice deal. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, let me tell you what was happening. Yesterday, day before yesterday and yesterday, the media was attacking me in the papers, front page, above the fold. Page, I mean above the fold, not even, not even below the fold, above the fold. Okay. They were attacking me yesterday for for. for been ready to drill because we about to drill this drill this oil now for, for, for drilling this oil and natural gas and they called us greedy and a bunch of other names amen personally attacked us attacked the church all that sort of stuff and praise God let me tell you while they're talking we walk into the bank Faith, obedience. Now, that oil and natural gas was there all that time. Now, this man who came to see me, that guy who owns that gas company, is a Christian, a real one. He is a believer. The Holy Ghost led him down there. Now, at this time, 
Now, if it had been me, I would have told God, why, did, why didn't you give me that money about five years ago? I could have used it five years ago in 2008 or, or another time. But God always has stuff prepared right at the... Right now, now is when this, this is a great blessing to take the gospel to the world. Hallelujah! And so you have to remain in patience knowing that even if you may, God may have you wait 20 years. But boy, when he shows up, he shows up big! wildest dream would I ever thought about us having oil. Now maybe God's going to get it done this way and maybe it's going to come from that way or the return is going to come from this way but I never would have even thought about that ever because our church is in the city. I would have never thought about that but the state of Michigan passed a law just a few years ago Allowing you to drill oil and the city can't do nothing about it. Glory to God. So I'm telling you, you walk the walk the walk and have cheerful endurance. Yeah, you can take a licking and keep on ticking, glory to God, and remain constant and steadfast on the word, unmoved on the word. God is never late. Sometimes it seems like he's last minute, but he's always on time. I'm a living witness, praise God. Yes, I am. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, praise God. So remember, your faith has great recompense of reward. We had a couple million dollars stole from us 20 years ago. Yeah. And now we're getting the recompense. <laughs> yeah, glory to God. Excuse me while I stand there. Hebrews chapter 10, praise God. Don't tell me faith don't work. Oh, <laughs> oh that helps somebody. Oh, that helps somebody. Somebody got it now. They got it. They got it. Somebody got it. Somebody got it. <laughs> Amen. Say, yeah, but they're beating you up. Well, Jesus said that. He said in Mark chapter 10, verse, verse 29 and 30, he said when you get a hundredfold return, he said it'll be with persecution. Mark 10, 30. So, so we're getting some persecution right now. Why are we laughing to the bank?
we had a greedy contractor. When we, when we built that place, we had a greedy contractor steal a couple million dollars from us. Hallelujah. Amen. A whole rigged scenario. Amen. God's restoring it plus. Plus some. Praise God. Plus some. Amen. And they say there's a seven-year supply. The number seven. Seven-year supply. Let me finish this. You shall receive the promise. For yet a little while, verse 37 of chapter 10, a little while and he that shall come will come and he will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man shrinks back, draw back means just step back with strength. If any man shrinks back or out of fear, the Lord said, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Amen. See, it's when your faith pleases God, Amen. that's when you have manifestation. Amen. Now, he said, said, I get no pleasure when you, when you draw back off of what I said. No, 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 well, what else he said? Praise God. We are not of them, Paul said, who draws back to destruction. We are them that believe to the saving of the soul now or but. Faith is the substance. Now this word substance here, praise God, is hypostasis. Hypostasis means your trust, your confidence, your belief is the support. Of things hoped for. It is the proof. It is, praise God, the evidence. It is the conviction, your faith is, of things not seen. Things not perceived by the physical physical man or, or eyes and ears and touch and taste. Through faith we understand. Now this last five or seven minutes as I start wrapping this up, pay attention to where I'm at right here. Through faith, faith is a door to something. Amen. Amen. In Ephesians 2.8, it says we are saved by grace, not saved by faith. It said we are saved by grace through faith is the door. Through faith, it is the gift of God. Amen. So your trust, your confidence, your belief took you to the grace of God. And I wish I had time to teach you. I'd be here two more days teaching on the grace of God. But the grace of God essentially is is. It's far more than most people get or understand. The grace of God is the manifestation of power. Amen. See, it was power that saved you. Amen. That's what happened, see. 
See, you were born in sin. You were born with spiritual death. The power of grace recreated you. It killed the old man. And created a new species of being that had never before existed. Grace was a power that overcame death. And you became born again. It happened through the door of faith. Praise God. That caused you who were once dead to now be alive. And live forever. See, that's what grace is. Grace is the manifestation of the power. Ooh, I wish I had some time on that one. But anyway, praise the Lord. So note what he says here. Through faith, we understand. Now, this word understand means comprehend. It is only through the, pr the prism of what you able to believe, what you are able to have trust in. Through faith, we comprehend that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Now that word there, worlds, means the ages. The ages were framed by the word. We're talking about two issues. One is talking about the physical planets, because we know the very next line says, so that you, you can see, comprehend, and understand that things were made out of that which doesn't appear. In other words, God said it, and then it came into being. Amen. Amen. Uh, amen. His words and his faith created something out of nothing. Amen. And we, we get that. We understand that. But there is another age also. And that is through faith we understand that the ages were framed or bracketed by the word of God. What's he talking about? I call it the time clock of man. You see, man was created on the sixth day. Six is the number of man. God gave man a lease on earth. Anybody here know what a lease is and how a lease works? Let me see your hands if you know how a lease works. Okay, the way in which a lease works, Pastor Walker, let me use you for a minute. Let's say that, that uh, Pastor Walker uh, sees, a, sees my house and I, I decided I'm going to lease it to him for two years. So he signs an agreement with me that for two years it becomes his house. Now, it's still mine. But during the two years, by the law, I can't even enter this house without his agreement. You see? Now, that's what God did, did with the earth. See, the earth is the Lord's the fullness thereof, all they that are in it, right? But he made Adam God of this world. Man entered into a 6,000-year lease. During those 6,000 years of man, man's in control. See, even seated on the right hand of God, there is a reborn man seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus is a reborn man seated at the right hand of the throne of God. 
Man had a 6,000-year lease, and it was bracketed in 2,000-year increments. The first 2,000 years were years of chaos. You find it there in Genesis chapter 6, for example. The whole earth was filled with violence. The thoughts of every man's heart was only evil continually. It repented God that even made man. The, the, the scripture said the flood had to come and he had to start all over again with Noah. Amen. And he said the same thing to Noah that he, that he said to Adam before Adam fell. Be fruitful, multiply, repentance, the earth subdue it, have dominion. So for the first 2,000 years, it was a time of chaos. Then, praise God, a man came along that God gave his word a man by the name of Moses. Amen. And I'm, a, I'm cutting this just in short. But he gave this man the word of God, how man is to live so that God could deal with him. During that time of the law, the end of that, in fact, when the Lord Jesus came, the Lord Jesus came during this time. 2,000 year frame. The things you read about Jesus was during the end of this 2,000 year frame. We're now talking about what? 4,000 years. Then, praise God, you have, as Jesus is raised from the dead, you have the day of Pentecost, and you have people get born again, you have the age of the church. We are right at the end of the 6,000 years. Now, now, unless you believe the word of God, you don't understand this. You don't understand that we are just about when you're about to have a taking up of all of God's people called the rapture of the church. This happens right at the right at the end of this time frame bracket of the church. Amen. You have 7 years of tribulation on the earth while the saints have a 7 year party at the marriage supper of the Lord. And at the end of that, praise God, Jesus returns with his army of saints in his second coming. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. Amen. To fight against the Antichrist and a 200 million man Asian army there in the battle of, battle of Magado right there outside of Jerusalem. Amen. Amen. And the scripture tells us that Jesus will slay those armies with the sword of his mouth. And he's not talking about having a metal sword. In other words, he will say what he has to say. And the scripture says the blood will flow for 200 miles as high as the horse's bridle. There he sets up his literal thousand year reign. Called the millennium. Seven thousand years. 
Seven is God's number. Even a tribulation has seven. Delivered by seven. Eh? We can go on and on and on. All the sevens in the word of God. Are you listening to me? Through faith, we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God. You need to understand what time it is. I'm telling you again, you need to understand what time it is. We are in the sliver of time because all the things required in Scripture for the rapture of the church to happen have been completed. We are in the sliver of time where God is just keeping the door open for the last folks to get in here before they got to deal with tribulation. You don't want to be here doing tribulation. You know, some people say, well, you know, but I, I believe in mid-trib. And you can tribulate all you want. Because <laughs> I'm going up yonder, baby. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. We're at, right there at the sliver. That means there's an old song that Andre Crouch wrote right after I got born again. It won't be long. Soon we'll believe. In here, it won't be long. We'll be going home. Count the years as months. Hallelujah. Count the months as weeks. Count the weeks as days Any day now We'll be going home That's where we are So you need to realize where we are I tell young people this all the time In particular You think because you're a teenager 21, you're 22, you think, well, I got a whole life ahead of me. You don't know that. Not at all. What I know about the Word of God, Jesus told us in the book of Luke, he bracketed, he gave us information on this bracket that I'm talking about. In fact, you know, I'm going to make you read it. Turn to Luke 21. Any day now We'll be going home Luke 21 Praise God The disciples are asking Jesus about the end of the time frame End of the age What's going to be happening And Jesus says in verse 24 they shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away captive into all nations, referring to Israel. That's what happened. A.D. 70, they were led away captive, dispersed around the entire world. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be complete. 
you keep reading, Jesus said, this generation shall not pass away till all things written be complete. Israel became a nation again and the Jews came back home May 14, 1948. Israel became a nation. Amen. United States of America was the first country to ratify them as a new nation. Amen. That's why the blessing of the Lord has been upon America. It's not our brilliance, our smarts. It's been the anointing. And that's how it became the dominant power in the world. Because God told Abraham, I'm going to bless those that bless you and curse those that curse you. A generation in Scripture can be 120 years or less. When you back up off seven years, you keep going. We are in the time frame, anywhere in here scripturally, anywhere between now and the next 40 years. This comes to pass. It could be any day now. You'll be going home. This is what you need to do. Count the years as months. And count the months as weeks. Count the weeks as days, any day now, you'll be going home. That's why we got to be in a hurry. We got to do all we can for God right now. We got to fight the good, good fight of faith. Praise God. We got to make that confession even if. We wind up in the face of those opposing us. That's what God's requiring now. I know that's why the Lord's sending me all over the place right now. Praise God. I'm in a hurry. I'm in a hurry. I'm in a hurry. I'm in a hurry. Amen. I'm in a hurry. You should see my schedule. It's nuts. <laughs> it's crazy. But I'm in a hurry. I got to do what the Lord said. And guess what? He wants you to be in a hurry. So our heads are bowed and eyes are closed. It's a good place right here. I want to minister to all young people that are here first. If you're 25 years of age or less, I want you to come up here. Praise God. 